You're listening to the Flyover Podcast, where we spotlight the success and struggles of people, organizations, and companies from all around Flyover Country. This week's episode concludes the series taken from our recent virtual forum, Reimagining the Food Business in Flyover Country. In his closing remarks, Flyover Coalition founder and executive director, Dale Buss, leaves Flyover fans with a word of encouragement and a bit of motivation. He calls for more collaboration from the Flyover states and their people, making a strong case as to why it will be imperative for our success, as people are looking to and even moving to flyover country during what they're calling the Great Reshuffling. Guests will even hear a special message from Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb. This is an episode you won't want to miss, so let's listen in. So, to close, where do we go from here? in flyover country. You look at all the people and the places represented just by the panelists and speakers who have joined us today. I'm not even talking about audience participants, but just the, just the people who ha- have joined us. There's a huge concentration in Chicago, naturally, but we also have had significant representation from the Twin Cities, St. Louis, Indianapolis. Uh, there's a scattering of enterprises and people from, you know, West uh, McCary and Goodall, Kansas, to Rihanna Lynn and Austin, to Tim Derrickson and Columbus, uh, Ohio, and, and places in between. So think about what all of us could accomplish for the food and egg tech, uh, egg tech businesses in flyover country if we would just do two things. The first is wake up. The second is cooperate with one another. So first to the waking up. As you've heard today, there's very much of an alive discussion about the state of the food and agriculture businesses in the heartland and their future based on how well we might be able to understand our, the consumer, our growing mastery of technology, and you know, being able to, le- to leverage the legacy advantages that we have, which you know, certainly you've heard a lot about today. The important point here is that from here on, we have to do this better than the coast and especially better than Silicon Valley in California, because they've had a head start on us in so many ways. Now, the idea behind the Flyover Coalition is not to be divisive with the coast necessarily, but to unite us here in flyover country. And that's difficult enough because there's lots and lots of competition for good reason between states and cities in the region for the fruits of of their labors, for economic development, for jobs and, and, and companies and plants. Um, and that's as it should be. You know, Des Moines isn't Atlanta, isn't Columbus, isn't Tampa, isn't Bismarck. Each of us as residents of our own states and cities want to reap the benefits of the companies, the jobs, and the community building where we live more than for the region as a whole. That, that just makes sense. But being satisfied with that status quo is ignoring a major truth of how economic fruits get distributed in this country and in the world. CEOs on the coast often make decisions basically about which coast they're gonna put a new facility on without ever even considering the territory in between, flyover country. It's not like they break it down to this city or that city, they just kind of overlook us. I mean, the term flyover, right? We could just as easily be lookovers. You know, they never get this down to deciding between is St. Louis good for this, is Detroit good for this, is Little Rock, Green Bay, where are we going to go? Because they dismiss our entire part of the country as, well, flyovers. And for many businesses in in certain industries, especially in in technology and entertainment sectors, say, we and our people have just no appeal to them whatsoever. 
you know what I mean. And it's the same way a lot of times with foreign companies. Never has the amount of foreign direct investment in this, in this country been so high. But overseas investors typically know even less about flyover country than our counterparts in the coastal United States do. And of course, you know, their cadres of consultants in New York City aren't about to tip them off. So let's face it, not only the perceptual advantage is with the coast, but all the power centers are on the coast. Washington, obviously the center of American political power, New York, uh, you know, finances, marketing, Hollywood obviously controls the cultural conversation and drives our cultural values. Silicon Valley controls everything else, certainly affects our cultural values and, and many other things. Um, and I would add Seattle to that. I mean, Microsoft's been there, but Amazon clearly has become a dominant force in our country, uh, in our economy, in our culture. I mean, they've come to dominate retailing and, and even more so post-COVID. In fact, as I, as I interview CEOs for Chief Executive and Forbes and other publications, many of them talk in a variety of industries about the Amazon effect. I mean, it's, it's something that, that comes up continually kind of on a voluntary basis that is beginning to affect and skew everything from these companies' e-commerce strategies to uh, logistics, to uh, locations of facilities, to wages and talent retention in industries across the board. And so a company like that um, has a huge effect all over the, the country, including flyover country, of course. What's bad about this is that these companies, these interests, these power centers on the coast don't represent us or pretty much our you know, innate values in flyover country. In the federal government, you know, regardless of your politics, you've obviously got coastal sensibilities dominating. Uh, on the other hand, on the other coast, you know, big tech clearly has a values problem. Uh, I mean, did you read the Wall Street Journal series about the Facebook files? And of course, even after that, the founder of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, he's the guy who wants to basically create his own order of creation, a new world, he says, quote, where people exist in immersive, virtual, and shared spaces, unquote, uh, a metaverse, he calls it. I mean, does that sound like a better place than your backyard? I don't think so. The point is, are these really the folks we want taking over more and more of the American and global economy, rather than decision makers, you know, who were born and raised and living in Chicago or Louisville or Pittsburgh or Kansas City? Now, remarkably, in the several years that I've been using this statistic, it hasn't changed. According to the National Venture Capital Association, 85% of the venture capital in this country is still generated in three states, California, Massachusetts, and New York. And you can see from this chart uh, that there are just a few other uh, significant sources of venture capital around the country. The only you know, significant one in the heart of flyover country, let's say, is, is Chicago. And it's true. And, and God bless them. About once a year, Steve Case, the founder of America Online and, and the head of a, an outfit called Revolution, rides into the Midwest with a bus full of other venture capitalists from usually from the coast. There's, you know, sometimes there's a sprinkling from the Midwest. They meet with promising tech companies in flyover country. Um, they invest in a few appreciative startups right under our noses. And then they go back to the coast again and reap their gains. Now, that's great. But that's the kind of thing we should be doing on a bootstrap basis. We shouldn't be relying on Steve Case, nice as he is, to come in and support our companies in that way. We need to bootstrap ourselves. That's the only way to develop an economy that 
not only could sustain itself, but grow over the long haul. And actually, when it comes to the food and ag business that we've been discussing today, I'm hoping that we can take an inspiration and example from the auto industry, another business I'm really familiar with as a journalist. I mean, at first, traditional automakers like the Detroit Three were afraid of losing their intellectual capital and their edge in determining the guts and brains, let's say the brains of a car, to companies like Apple and Uber and, and Google because of these companies' interest not only in electric vehicles, but also in, in the future of automated vehicles. But over the last two, three, maybe even five years, the traditional auto companies, you know, pretty much across the board, but especially the traditional Detroit Three, have fought back in a major way to make sure that they're as invested and involved in the future of autonomous driving, say, and electric vehicles as anybody from Silicon Valley. There may be alliances, but we're not going to lose control of the IP in the automobile as much as it was maybe feared even three years ago. So is the food and egg business in flyover country going to go in the same direction? Are we going to be you know, ultimately relegated to second-class status in an industry that we once dominated? Or are we going to take a page maybe from the auto industry uh, and, and, and step up to the challenge here? Um, you know, take back and compete. So now just finally, I want to talk about the second imperative, cooperate with one another. That's what we need to do. I mentioned at the outset of today that, you know, often cooperation between cities and states in our region, or even in a sub-region, seems to be considered a bad idea. Even in flyover country, where we basically get along with one another. In fact, several years ago, Michigan Governor Rick Snyder told me that the state of Michigan has more cooperation arrangements going with Ontario in a different country than with any other state that's contiguous to Michigan. And that tells you that the whole notion of state-to-state -state cooperation is a long way to go. It just seems like there's only nominal support in flyover country for putting our heads and our resources together the way that so many of our panelists today were suggesting that we do. You know, that's, that's the pathway to success. I mean, there are groups like the Midwest Governors Association, you know, which, bless their soul, doesn't seem to do much collectively. Um, even the schools of the Big Ten Athletic Conference, you'd think there'd be a natural alliance, you know, not just for the purpose of playing sports, but maybe for putting their heads together on, on research that would benefit uh, the region that they all exist in. But, but there's not necessarily enough of that either. Um, so it's only slowly that this traditional approach may be changing. At least, you know, maybe there are more, there's some signs here and there of a more cooperative attitude among us because what's at stake uh, is immense. Um, so for example, there's the Five Lakes Institute, which is represented today by Kathleen Gallagher, who is a moderator of one of our sessions. I mean, they uh, are assiduously working on ways to connect the Great Lakes states together for the benefit of you know, boosting the, the, the technology ecosystem uh, in, uh, in that region. You look at um, the Midwest University Research Network, another example, they are often in partnership with the Five Lakes Institute, but they are trying to forge cooperative ties among universities to accomplish some of the things we've been talking about today uh, and others. And Dennis Pruitt uh, of the Missouri Economic Development Department today mentioned how a bunch of Midwestern states have gathered together to present at uh, trade shows, or at least one trade show. We need more of that. Of course, there's one encouraging example of cooperation that occurred a couple of weeks ago when there was an announcement about a Great Lakes EV charging network, and several governors, both Democrats and Republicans, got involved in the announcement to, to underscore the importance of 
a common effort, a collective effort, a coalition, if you will, among uh, Midwestern states to produce EV charging network that would keep our region at the, at the center, you know, literally as well as technologically of uh, you know, this important development for the future for our, our nation's transportation system. And I have to say that in addition to that, uh, some of our elected officials are coming around on this point. So apropos of that, uh, just spend a minute listening to this very special message from one of the most important elected officials in our region, uh, Governor Eric Holcomb of Indiana. Hello, it's Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb, and it's an indeed an honor to join you virtually, I know, for this forum on a topic that couldn't be more important to Indiana and our neighboring states. The food, tech, and ag bioscience sectors all play a vital and interconnected role in Indiana's economy, but also in the economic growth of all of our states across the entire Midwest. And as a state that loves a good sports analogy, let me say we're proud to be on the team with all of you, where we're not just helping feed the nation and the world, we're looking to the future and how we can continue to grow. And that's only possible with the continued collaboration between our states, embracing a healthy dose of competition and teamwork along the way for sure, but also to reimagine what the food business looks like for our states and region in the years to come. As we band together around this common cause, I'm confident some of the seeds sown today will yield a heartland harvest in the years to come. May the future be as bright as the soil is rich. Thank you all so much. So allow me to point out here that even our critics uh, may be softening a bit. There's been no bigger critic of flyover country and the rubes uh, that live out here than Bill Maher, uh, this brilliant, highly acerbic comic who's been making fun of flyovers literally for decades and whose criticism and comment on our attitudes and our way of life reached nearly a manic crescendo you know, during the Trump years. But lo and behold, Bill Maher recently said that he thinks red states, that was his term, mostly meaning us out here in flyover country, have been taking a much saner approach to the pandemic you know, than his uh, beloved enclaves on the coast. He didn't say much more than that, but it was meaningful. I mean, when pigs fly, right? The country's moving in our direction anyway. COVID has unleashed what many are calling the great reshuffling, as well as the great resignation, which amount to this. More Americans than ever are feeling free to live and work exactly where they want to. And that I believe is going to represent a historical pivot point for flyover country. It's a tremendous opportunity, but we must work together to really capitalize on it. Now, whether that means attracting rubber banders, uh, you know, back to their homeland and flyover country, or getting millennials and Generation Z to, to stay here, the chance to achieve truly significant advances is great. How do we do it? First, we have to engage economic decision makers at the stage where they're choosing the coasts or somewhere else, because that's often what they do. Now, this might include ideas from the economic development community, such as emphasizing placemaking, as Indiana has done recently with a great uh, program in their state recruiting remote workers, emphasizing our strengths, quality of life, affordability, land, 
raw materials, infrastructure, our geographic location. Fourth, we need to emphasize water. There's a new report that says the food industry, which uses more than 70% of the world's fresh water supply, is largely unready for future shortages. Now that obviously means many companies and entities out here in flyover country. But we need to highlight not only the availability of fresh water, but our management of our water resources, the Great Lakes, the Mississippi River, and other bodies of water. Fifth, we need to emphasize the research capabilities of the educational institutions in flyover country. The Midwest has more than 25% of the top research universities in the country, all located within a 500 mile radius in this region. Sixth, we need to launch initiatives recognizing and reacting to the effects of climate change, including flood control, land use regulations, even disaster training. Sixth, we, we should have learning tours of the places in flyover country that are already making this work. In food, you know, that would be Austin, that would be Chicago, that would be Boulder, Colorado, which to our definition is still east of the Rockies, it belongs to flyover country. Uh, next, we could simply work together in areas ranging from joint recognition of licenses for professional certifications, as well as taking advantage of the new infrastructure funding uh, that the federal government is granting together, you know, as Missouri and Illinois uh, did a while ago with the Stan Usual, uh, Stan Usual Bridge. We also need exercises in joint marketing, including joint marketing of assets, joint participation as tra in trade shows, uh, mentioned the example from Dennis Pruitt, and, and even as Larry Gigerich suggested earlier today, create a brand to market the region. Now, whether it's the ag and food industries, for example, I'm talking about feeding the world or something else, there's huge benefit in banding together for a brand. As far as the Flyover Coalition is concerned, thanks for your interest today. Thanks for Domino's for their corporate support of this event. You know, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff. We're going to hold more conferences and other educational and networking opportunities like this one. We're going to be working with entities across the region to, to foster the kind of true collaboration and cooperation that everyone today said we should be doing. We have a crucial emphasis on the media, which I guess stems in part from uh, my background in the media. We plan to be heavily involved in offering alternative media that's based in flyover country, about flyover country, with an accurate view of flyover country. And we also want to make the Flyover Coalition a truly grassroots organization as well, uh, as, as one that's got interest from the top, you know, with subscriptions and memberships and merchandise that will help individual residents of flyover country express their passion and their point of view. So thanks to everyone for making our first event, reimagining the food business in flyover country, a successful one. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Flyover Podcast. Tune in next week as Dale talks with J.H. Colm Clark, the director of the Bush Institute and the Economic Growth Initiative at Southern Methodist University in Dallas. Colm offers an interesting outlook at the current states of various cities across the nation and gives insight as to how flyover states and cities can capitalize on opportunities arising as a result of the great reshuffling. And as always, for more information or updates on new articles, latest podcast episodes, or news about upcoming events, visit www.flyovercoalition.org.